1969, Bob Westerfield moved from Kentucky to Metropolis, Illinois. He was a former football player, satellite dish salesman, and self-described promoter. And he saw a ton of potential in this small town. It was right on a river. It was home to an atomic energy plant. And on top of that, right off the new Interstate 24 highway. Westerfield wanted to figure out how to get people off of the highway and into the small town of Metropolis. And that's when he realized it was all in the name, Metropolis. Coincidentally, the very same name as the hometown of the Man of Steel himself, Superman. Of course, Metropolis was not quite the bustling city that Metropolis is in comic book lore. Nonetheless, Westerfield made a proposal to the town's Chamber of Commerce, who loved the idea that their small town should be recognized as the official home of Superman. Over the next couple of years, Westerfield and other local businessmen bought the rights to be known as the hometown of Superman from what would become DC Comics. They got it for a song, just $50,000. A few years later, the town of Metropolis even had a ceremony with press from all over the globe where they christened themselves the official hometown of Superman. Well, that's all happening on the other side of the country in Los Angeles. A Superman superfan was amassing a collection of memorabilia like none other. Action figures, costumes, anything and everything Superman. He just needed somewhere to put it all. My name is Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we head to the Super Museum in Metropolis, Illinois. We hear the story of a superfan who is determined to bring his childhood dream to life. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair-accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Metropolis, Illinois has been the official home of Superman, for over 50 years now. Our town has a Superman celebration every year. It's always the second weekend of June. 
That's Morgan Siebert. She's the curator at the Super Museum. And they bring in um, different celebrity guests, um, different artists. They try to keep it all Superman projects. And so they do the autograph signings and the Q&As and things like that. It's kind of a, a convention slash county fair hybrid type of thing. There is a carnival and a parade of folks all wearing Superman-related costumes. Metropolis in real life is more of like a Mayberry-type town. It's a small town. We only have population 6,500 people. The celebration kind of centers around all of that. That celebration is once a year. But every single day, visitors to Metropolis can also stop by the world's largest collection of Superman memorabilia at the Super Museum. We're talking more than 70,000 items including costume pieces and props from all the TV shows and movies. We have a a Christopher Reeve costume, and, like, currently, you know, he's the favorite Superman because people grew up with him. And when my dad was younger, everybody's favorite Superman was George Reeves, and now it's kind of, you know, aging out. So people in their 30s and 40s and 50s and Some in their 60s recognize Christopher Reeve as, like, the biggest Superman, you know, like, he's the one that they compare every new Superman to, for sure. Even uh, a few of the people that have played the Man of Steel in movies and cartoons have made it a point to stop by the museum and get lost in the artifacts. Dean Kane has been here, and George uh, Newbern came. Brandon Roth has been to Metropolis. Tyler was here last Superman celebration, and Tom Welling was here in town. He didn't get to go through the museum, but Michael Rosenbaum went through the museum, and he spent like an hour in there. We were like, I thought you were in a rush. He's like, no, no, I just want to see everything and take it all in. So he was really fun to have in. Essentially, Bob Westerfield's idea to use Superman to get more people into the town of Metropolis, it really worked. The museum has been a fixture of Metropolis for 30 years. It's a big hit with tourists, regardless of their devotion to the character. But Morgan says that every now and then, a real Superman fanatic will come in. I have more fun with the fanatics. Because then, you know, they understand it and... um... They really appreciate it and have a deep recognition for what things are in the museum. Because when the average person walks by, they don't realize that, you know, this airplane ring, this Kellogg's ring is a really rare item. You know, it takes the fanatic that goes, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have that there. Morgan has met a lot of these Superman super fans over the years. But there's one that's extra special to her. The founder of the Super Museum, a.k.a. her dad. My father is Jim Hambrick. Uh, He's a world-known Superman collector. Morgan's dad is now 70 years old, so he isn't so hands-on with the museum these days. But back in 1993, the family actually moved to Metropolis from Los Angeles just to open up the museum. This was my dad's dream to open the museum because he he had the world's largest collection and he thought the best place for it would be Metropolis, Illinois, home of Superman. This has been his passion his whole life. Jim Hambrick's love for Superman goes back to 1958. Jim was just five years old when he got ill. He was sick enough that he had to be hospitalized for a time. 
And in the hospital, Jim started watching the television series Adventures of Superman, starring George Reeves. Jim got lost in this fantasy world of the fictional metropolis and the man of steel impervious to bullets as well as illness. Seeing he was such a fan, his grandmother got him a new tin Superman lunchbox. On the front was Superman fighting a massive robot that's trying to destroy the city. That lunchbox changed everything. From that point forward, Jim wanted anything Superman that he could get a hold of. Toys, comic books, you name it. Morgan says her dad even credits the Superman comics with teaching him how to read. Nothing was more important to Jim than his growing Superman collection. By the time he was like seven years old, he was charging other kids a nickel to come into his room to check out his, his museum. So he, he always wanted to do that. Before Jim moved to Metropolis and started the Super Museum, he took his memorabilia on the road. He grew more and more popular in the world of collectibles and even did a couple of appearances with Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, the creators of Superman. In 1993, Jim brought the collection to its final home, Metropolis, Illinois. He backed the collection into this brick storefront. It's covered in blue and yellow and red, and every Superman-branded water bottle, poster, postcard, action figure, you name it, is all stuffed into this museum. There are viewers' guides to the 1950s version of Superman with George Reeves. There's the Clark Kent glasses that George Reeves would wear in that version of Superman. There's even a miniature Lego model of the Super Museum inside of the Super Museum. Morgan says growing up with a Superman fanatic dad was interesting. She says there would be things like mannequins, props, and costumes all over the living room. We just really loved movies and toys. And anytime he was at a toy store getting something Superman, he let me pick something out. So it was just really a bonding thing. That being said, despite her dad's love of comics and specifically Superman, Morgan had the urge to go in a different direction. I loved Batman when I was little because I was rebellious, you know. But, yeah, I, I've grown to really love Superman and just what it stands for and um, just how it resonates with different people. I love hearing why they're attached to the character and things like that. Today, Morgan and her husband, Dan, run the Super Museum. They are constantly working on growing the collection her dad started. It's nonstop. So as, as soon as we find out there's a statue or a figure or anything like that, we're after it. Still, her dad stops by every now and then. These days, he is an advisor to the museum. He, he's in uh, maybe every couple of weeks now, not as often. He's had some health stuff, so uh, he comes in as often as he can, but he still likes to come in and talk to people. That's like a refresh for him. Even that very first piece of Superman memorabilia, the lunchbox, is on display. Yeah. When you walk into our museum, it's like the first thing you see. Morgan says at this point, the Super Museum is way more than just an homage to a comic book character. It's meant to be a home for the kid in all of us. That sick kid sitting on a hospital bed, wishing that they were impervious to bullets and illness and could defend all that was good and honorable in the world. 
that place where the museum itself started. People always joke, you know, you go in and come out a little kid, you know, because it takes you back to your childhood. So that's that's what I hope, is that everybody gets to see their version of Superman and kind of remember what it was like to be a kid and, you know, how you wish you could fly and things like that. The Super Museum is open every day, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. This episode was produced by Baudelaire. The production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Manolo Morales. Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is... Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Baudelaire. And mixed by... Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.